We are on Ksubis Samach Aleph on Mabez 61b as we begin a new Mishnah. This Mishnah discusses the obligation that the husband has towards his wife to be intimate, to have sexual relations. Um, and the, the Mishnah will discuss uh, the specific parameters of what happens if a person refuses, if the husband refuses, or how often it has to take place. And so that will be the discussion for this Mishnah and for the coming classes. So says the Mishnah, If a man, the husband, takes a neder, takes an oath, that uh, he will not have sexual relations. What that means is that he cannot say that uh, he refuses to allow his wife to, to get any pleasure from the act. That he's not allowed to do because he's obligated to... Um, to engage in sexual relations with his wife and to to for his wife. Uh, however, what he does say is that he he himself uh, will not have any pleasure. He refuses to have himself any pleasure. So it's more indirect. It's not coming from the perspective of the wife. It's more coming from the perspective of himself. Although practically, in the end of the day, it's the same. In the end of the day, he's not allowed to have sexual relations. How long is he allowed to do this for? So Beishama says he can only do this for two weeks. Beishil says no, only one week. And the Gemara will explain where do we get two weeks or one week from. He cannot do more than that. He cannot take an oath that uh, he will refrain from sexual relations for more than two weeks or more than one week. Uh, and the Gemara will explain that we have uh, we, we find precedent for such, uh, for such uh, time, uh, time delays, uh, for waiting for such a, for such a long period. And so therefore, if we find precedent for such an idea, so therefore, uh, it will be an acceptable oath. Not that we rec- recommend it, but the oath will, uh, will actually take place uh, if uh, the husband does say this. Now the, the Mishnah has uh, two cases where uh, workers or Talmidei Chachamim, students who are studying Torah, they are allowed to continue doing what they're doing, even though it will impact uh, the ability for the for the couple to be intimate. So the, the Mishnah says, uh, Students of Torah who are traveling, they're traveling to another city uh, to study Torah, they are allowed to uh, go study Torah without the permission of their wife for 30 days, up to 30 days. Uh, they're allowed to go up to 30 days, then they have to return back home. There's a discussion amongst the commentators. What does that mean, return back home? Does that mean return back home permanently or just to be intimate and then to leave again. Uh, but uh, that itself is a discussion. But they're, they're allowed to leave for 30 days. And they're allowed to leave for 30 days without permission. They're allowed to, to study Torah. Uh, not that it, Again, not that it's recommended necessarily, but uh, it's allowed without permission. And if one's working, they can leave for a week. They're allowed to leave for a week if they are working. They're not doing it to study Torah, but to work. They're allowed to leave their wife for a week, even though they won't be intimate for a week. Okay. That is that part of the Mishnah. The Mishnah now says the specifics of how often they should be intimate. The obligation for the husband to be intimate with his wife. It depends on who you are. It depends on what type of person you are. It depends on what your work is and how much you're able to be at home. Um, so it says follows. Hatayalin, men of leisure who do not work. The Gemara will discuss exactly later on what this is referring to. Bechol yom, every day, every day. Hapoalim, if they are workers, Shtaim B'Shabbos, twice a week. Hachamarim, people who are donkey drivers and therefore they're not home as often, Achim B'Shabbos, once a week. 
Hagamalim, camel drivers travel for even longer. Achas l'shoshim yom once every thirty days. Hasafanim sailors are achas l'shisha chadashim. Diver once every six months. If you're a sailor, it's once every six months. You are away from your family. So this is there to explain uh, a little bit of one: what is the expectation, and also um, what is the obligation from the husband towards his spouse, towards his wife. Um, and the Gemara will again will analyze uh, these different lines of the Mishnah. The opening part of the Gemara, as we continue on with the Gemara. So again, just to review quickly, review the Mishnah. The Mishnah first said that if the husband wants to take an oath that he will not engage in sexual relations, Beishamai says it will only work if it's up to two weeks. Basil says up to one week. Then we discuss what happens if a uh, a husband wants to uh, leave the essentially leave his family for how long is he allowed to do so without their permission. Uh, and then we discuss the different types of people and what is the expectation slash obligation uh, for them to engage in, uh, in, in to be intimate. So Gemara wants to know, my time is Beishamai. What is the reason for Beishamai? Where does he know? Where is there precedent for the idea that uh, one could wait two weeks? Garmi Mila is the keva. He learns this out from the laws of purity and impurity that uh, when, they, when she gives birth, when a mother gives birth to a daughter, they're not allowed to be intimate for two weeks. Beis Hillel, Garmi Mila, Zachar, Beis Hillel, Nami, Degmi Mila, Tznekeva. So Beis Hillel seems to learn it out from if they have a, a male, if they have a son, then they have to wait one week. If they have a daughter, they have to wait two weeks. Sigmar wants to know, Beis Hillel, why doesn't he just also learn it out from the daughter, which is two weeks? We see that they wait two weeks. So it's it's normal. It's common to wait two weeks. Sigmar answers no. Imi, Eledis, Garmi, La, Hachanami. Ele Beis Hillel, Minida, Garmi, La. Beis Hillel does not learn it from giving birth. That when, uh, when, when a mother gives birth to a son or to a daughter, they have to wait one or two weeks. For a daughter, it's two weeks. For a son, it's one week. That's not where he learns that from. Because if he learns it out from there, you're right. He would have, we would see that you have to wait two weeks. Beis Hillel learns it out from Nida, from the laws of Nida, the laws of family purity of when the wife has her period. That on a biblical level, they have to wait uh, one week. They have to wait one week. And so therefore, we see that there's a concept of waiting one week. And so therefore, it would be it would be an acceptable oath, not that we uh, promote this or we want this, but it would be an acceptable oath for the husband to say, I want to wait one week. Now, what are they arguing about? But my commitment, why does Beishamai say that we can go based on the laws of childbirth, that they, they have to refrain from being intimate for two weeks, as opposed to Beis Hillel says that it's not learned out from the laws of childbirth, it's learned out from the laws of, uh, of Nida, of when she has her period. So Beis Hillel learns it out from Nida, from the laws of family purity, uh, because he's basically comparing cases which are common. It is common for the wife to have her period. It happens uh, frequently. And so therefore, uh, when he takes his oath, it has to be based off of a case which is common. That's the position of Beis Hillel. However, Beis Shammai says we can learn it out from the cases of um, of giving birth because he is involved. He's involved in that. Uh, he contributes to, to, to that situation because he has to be involved in the sexual relations which will lead to her giving birth. So if we're discussing him taking an oath, it has to be with something that he's involved with. And therefore, we can learn it out from something which is he is involved with, which is birth. And so therefore, Beishamai says that he's allowed to hold off. The oath is, it takes place. It's, it's an acceptable oath to wait Two weeks. Okay, so in the end of the day, we have this argument between Beishamai and Beis Hillel when he takes this oath. Is it for 
one week. That's position of Beis Hillel, that he can only refrain from one week. Uh, Beis Shammai says we, he can refrain for two weeks. But more than that, uh, the oath uh, is not uh, viewed as a valid oath. It does not uh, take place. Okay. We will now have an argument within this argument. Again, we have this argument between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel about uh, how long the, the husband could say that he will refrain from sexual activity. Uh, now we have an argument within that. So Amar Rav, Rav says, The whole argument between Beisham and Zillah is only if he, the husband says explicitly that he's refraining for either one week or two weeks, then it, it might work. But if he doesn't say explicitly how long it's for, he just says in general terms that he's refraining from sexual activity, so then Rav is of the opinion that right away they have to get divorced and he has to give a Without uncertainty, it's not that you wait a week or wait two weeks. No, from the very onset, the moment that he takes that oath, they have to get divorced. It's not just about waiting one or two weeks and to see uh, if he will renege on that oath. No, right away, that's an oath which takes place right away. There's so much uncertainty there. And so therefore, he has to get divorced and give a ksuba, right? Pay, give, give the payment to his wife after they get divorced. That's the position of Rav. Shmuel Amar, Afil Bistam Nami Yamtin, Shmuel says, no. Even when it's uh, said in general terms and it's unclear when it will be over, he still has to, we wait, according to Beisillah, one week, according to Beisillah, two weeks, to see that if, uh, see if he reneges on this oath. If he doesn't renege on the oath, so then they would have to get divorced. But they don't get divorced right away, according to Shmuel. They would get divorced after, let's say, one week, according to Beisillah, the house of Hillel. Okay. So the Gemara now asks, wait a minute, this argument between Rav and Shmuel, i.e., when one takes an oath that has to do with uh, their wife and the interactions with their wife. So if it's in general terms, without saying explicitly how long it will be, it'll exist for, so we already have this argument between Rav and Shmuel elsewhere. We find this elsewhere. We have the following Mishnah, which we will see later on, that says, A person takes a different type of an oath, not an oath about sexual, about being intimate, but this is an oath about the wife having any benefit from his property, from the husband's property. So if he takes an oath, again, not that we recommend any of this, but is it, is it viewed as, as, a, as, as a valid oath or not is the question. So he takes an oath that his wife shouldn't get any benefit from his property. If it's up to 30 days, then it works. If it's up to 30 days, it works. However, he has to appoint the trustee to support her. He has to support a, a trustee to support her during that time period. But if it's for more than 30 days, then he has to divorce her right away. It's unacceptable for the husband to do this more than 30 days. He has to divorce his wife and give her her ksuba. And here too, we have the same argument between Rav and Shmuel. What happens if he didn't say 30 days? What happens if it's just in general terms? Rav says, Rav says, this is only if he says explicitly, it will be for 30 days. But if he says it in general terms, without it being for 30 days, then there's so much uncertainty there, they have to get divorced right away and give the ksuba. Shmuel Amar, however, Shmuel argues and says, Shmuel says, no. If he says it in general terms, we give up to 30 days. Once the 30 days pass, then they have to get divorced. Then they would have to get divorced after the 30 days pass. So the question of Gemara is, why do we need both cases? Why do we need both this argument to exist both in the situation of taking an oath to refrain from being intimate, uh, and then also when it comes to saying in general terms an oath that uh, his wife shouldn't have any benefit from his property. 
So the Gemara explains Tricha didn't Rabbi Baha Baha become a Rav Mishim Delo Efshir B'Parnes. Alba Behid Efshir B'Parnes Emem Modelishmuel. Maybe Rav only said his statement when it comes to refraining from being intimate, because there's nobody else who could replace that. We don't have a Parnes. It's not like we have in in the case of the monetary issue. You could appoint. Uh, a trustee, but that doesn't exist when it comes to being intimate. So that's why Rav says to get divorced right away. But if there's a trustee there, so then at least she's benefiting. She could still benefit uh, because there's a trustee there for the first 30 days. So maybe he'll agree to Shmuel. We have to hold off for 30 days to see maybe he will renege on his oath. And so too in the vice versa. Maybe Shmuel, we needed it to be mentioned in both cases because maybe Shmuel only said his statement when it comes to the monetary issue, because at the end of the day, she's still being supported, the wife is still being supported by a trustee. But maybe he would agree to Rav in a case where he, the husband takes an oath that he will refrain from being intimate. Maybe in that case, he'll agree to Rav that, that will, right away they have to get divorced. That's why we need both cases to tell you that no, the argument exists in both cases, both in a case where the husband takes an oath to refrain from being intimate and in a case where the husband refrains from the wife getting any benefit from his property, in both cases there's an argument between Rav and Shmuel. When does the argument exist? According to Rav, it only exists if he says explicitly uh, the, the, the limited date. Uh, but if it's just in general terms, they have to get divorced. And Shmuel says no. If it's in general terms, they still don't have to get divorced until that time passes, whether it's 30 days or when it comes to being intimate, one week or two weeks, depending on whether you hold of Beis Hillel or you hold like Beis Shammai. Okay. Let's continue in the Gemara for a few more minutes. The Gemara now discusses the next line of the Mishnah, that uh, students of Torah or workers, they are allowed to leave without permission. So the Gemara wants to know, they're allowed to leave for, without permission, let's say for a certain amount of time, for Torah study for 30 days, for workers for one week. The Gemara wants to know, and let's say it's with permission. How long does that permission last for? How long can the wife give permission? The Gemara says, I don't understand. What's the question? However long... They want. If they agree, so then they agree. If the wife agrees to it, so then that's fine. The Gemara says, no, Orcha de Milsakama, what is normal? What is normal? So that um, she will eventually give permission for it. That even if, uh, what's viewed as a normal amount of permission, uh, because in general we say that if it's not normal, we should be concerned that maybe he will engage in certain activities which are prohibited, sexual activities which are prohibited. We want to know what's normal, what would be a normal thing for the wife to agree to, to say that uh, uh, he can leave for a certain amount of time. So, Amarav, Chodesh Khan Vechodesh Babayis, Shenemar Lechod Devar HaMachlokas HaBa'av HaYotzis Bechodesh Bechodesh Lechol Chodesh We're now on 62A, Samach Vizim and Aleph. Rav says it could be a month at a time. A month away, a month at home. That would be viewed as normal for her to agree to that. Month away, a month at home. And he quotes a verse, uh, that, that that proves this based on the workers with uh, working with David, with King David. Rabbi Yochanan says, one month away, two months at home. That's viewed as normal. One month away, two months at home. Rav Nami, my time alone, Rabbi Yochanan, my time alone, Rabbi Yochanan, Rav, why doesn't Rav learn out from the verse that Rabbi Yochanan quoted that it's one month away and two months at home? Because that has to do with the building of the temple. When it comes to the building of the temple, other people could do it. You're not as necessary. Rabbi Yochanan, why doesn't he learn out that it's one month and one month, one month away, one month at home, uh, like Rav? Because over there, it's talking about a case where people have profit from the king and they bring it home. So maybe in a case of where they bring home money and the wife benefits from that, maybe in that case, the wife could forego 
uh, him staying with her. That he could go out for another month. It could be one month home, one month away, one month home because she's benefiting anyways. But when she's not benefiting from it, either because the worker's not making so much money or certainly it's not direct benefit when it's Torah study. It's not tangible benefit at least when it comes to Torah study. So then it would have to be, according to Rabbi Yochanan, one month away, two months at home. A longer amount of time at home. Okay, that is that argument. Rashi points out that our next discussion really has nothing to do with what we were talking about before. But once we have an argument between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan about how to interpret various verses, various psukim, we'll mention it now as well. Rav says that worrying breaks a, half of a person. Half of a person's body is broken when they worry. Rabbi Yochanan, he says, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, the entire body is broken when they worry. It's not good to worry. We should have faith and believe in Hashem and different circumstances come to us because Hashem wants them to come to us. So we shouldn't worry about situations. It's going to break a person entirely, says Rabbi Yochanan. How did, what's his verse? Shenor vahayakim reylecha amat hanenach amat el shmua kiva benamas kolev rafukoy adam v'chihasa kol ruach v'chuber kaim telachdam b'maim. That when one worries, their heart's broken, their hands are broken, their entire body's broken. I says the Gemara again. Rabbi Yochanan, why don't they learn out from the other persons, the other Amoras, the, the the Rabbi from the Gemara, their verse? Haksid b'shiva masnaim. Hahi dimchim mischala b'matnaim mischala. Rabbi Yochanan says the first verse. Doesn't mean that half of their body is broken. It means that when one is uh, worrying so much, uh, so then it, the 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 affliction begins with the masnaim, with the loins, but not that half of the person breaks. What does Rav do with the verse of Rabbi Yochanan that it's the entire body? There, that's worrying about the temple. Uh, about the base of Megiddo, about the temple, and that causes an increased amount of worrying, of anguish, and that will actually break a person entirely, according to Rav. Okay, now we have just a few stories, and we'll conclude after these stories. There was a, a Jew and a non-Jew traveling the path. The non-Jew was not able to keep up with the Jew when they were walking. He then recalls the Gentile, the non-Jew, tells him to remember the destruction of the temple, so that he'll slow down. He'll be, he'll 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 be in pain and slow down. So the Jew sighed and groaned, but still, but still, the Gentile was not able to reach him. Amar says the non-Jew, but don't you know? That it breaks you, it causes you to suffer. So how come you're not slowing down? He said to him, "No. When is that true that it breaks a person entirely? That's when they find out about it. A new, a new worry. This is something new to worry about. But there's something which we've suffered about repeatedly. Once it already happened once, when it happens the second time, it's not as painful. Obviously, it's painful, but not as painful as the people would say. One who's used to being uh, uh, losing children." So then if they lost one child, so then once they lose the second child, it's obviously very painful, but it's not as much pain. It's not as much worrying the second time around. So the second time around is much, uh, uh, is much less pain than the first time around. And so that's why uh, the non-Jew was not able to keep up with the Jew, even though he remembered the temple and the destruction of the temple, but still it didn't cause as much pain because he already knew about it. Okay, this concludes this Gemara as we're in the middle of Samach Bezim and of 62a, for our next class.